640, Bill Carroll. I think I heard from a couple of Trump supporters uh, in the last hour when we talked about what's going on in Oregon right now. There's some press out there trying to blame Donald Trump for what's going on there. It's part of the Trump effect. Not sure I'm ready to make that link yet. Just like I actually don't care that uh, any kind of terrorist group uses them in their ads. We can't have presidential candidates second-guessing what they're going to say, no matter what it is, because somebody might want it, want to use it to recruit terrorists. Besides, do we even know what recruits terrorists? Uh, you know, I, I figured out this weekend, we have no clue, really, how ISIS gets to recruit these crazy loser young people that join their cause. We, we don't know. We can't get inside their heads. Because remember they said when they were making these beheading videos that it would bring more recruits in, that people were attracted to that? And now the latest videos, people are being shot and not beheaded. So obviously they backed down on that strategy. And now I'm hearing these same experts saying, so-called experts, well, because they, they don't want to look as brutal. They want to look more like a state. So that's why they're shooting people now instead of beheading them. Yeah, that's much better. That doesn't make any sense. So, you know, what what allows them to uh, recruit is that we give them some legitimacy by not destroying their state. And uh, people aren't watching their loved ones closely enough who are sitting downstairs somewhere in their family home online communicating with crazy lunatics across the uh, the sea. I, I mean, it's that simple. And if they want to use Donald Trump, they're going to use Donald Trump. I, I, that one, I can't lay on him. I just can't. Hey, it's time for your chance to win $1,000 right now in the ultimate cash contest on KFI. Text the word BILLS, that's B-I-L-L-S, BILLS, B-I-L-L-S, to 45495. That's 45495. You'll we'll be doing this every weekday in this hour, so be sure to listen for your chance at a thousand bucks. Again, text the word Bills, B I L L S, to 45495 right now. Can we start with what Chris Christie is saying instead of just analyzing Donald Trump? As I mentioned earlier, we're going to have Kyle Condick join us in a couple of minutes here. He's managing editor, Sabados Crystal Ball. He's one of the great analysts of, of polling and uh, these campaigns and. He's been kind of scratching his head like the rest of us trying to figure out how Donald Trump is doing as well as he's doing when everyone says he's not supposed to keep up. But Chris Christie wants in on this. Hey, uh, he wants to speak, and he's, here's his warning today. And I'll ask Kyle about this, but if we have a third-party candidate, all it's going to do is get Hillary Clinton elected. He says a brokered convention or a third-party run is only going to have one outcome, just one outcome, and that is Hillary Clinton in the White House. So there's been a lot of wild talk lately about third-party runs or a brokered convention or big GOP donors switching to the Democrats. They don't like our nominee, he said, but uh, he understands that a certain amount of bluffs and threats are thrown around in any hotly contested election. But do not be fooled, he said, any significant division within the Republican Party leads to the same awful results. Hillary Clinton taking the oath of office in January 2017. Now, he's talking about Donald Trump, who's floated the idea of a third-party run. I guess as recently as November, he was talking about it. And that could still happen, technically. But beyond that, we've also heard threats from from within the Republican Party that they might launch their own third-party candidate against Donald Trump if he wins the nomination. 
So again, you can't blame it all on Donald Trump. Those threats are out there about third-party candidacy. And they result in one thing Chris Christie says, Hillary Clinton as president of the United States. Well, that's almost certainly going to happen if Donald Trump wins the nomination. And you don't run someone against him, isn't it? I mean, could Donald Trump, with his views as extreme as they are, ever get elected? And I know a lot of people are willing to kind of go down in that ship, the Donald Trump ship. I don't, I don't care. He's saying what I believe. He's reflecting my views. And I don't think that a Republican presidential candidate should change their views to bring in the center just to get elected. Well, that's the uh, sad political reality in this country and in most countries. That to get elected, you have to get people who normally wouldn't support you to support you. That's the way it works. In fact, Donald Trump is already talking a little bit about that. He was asked just recently if he'll be different as president. Is he going to be the blowhard Donald Trump? Say it like it is, Donald Trump. Well, you tell me. Will you talk as much as a president as you do as a candidate? Will you be, will, will you be on TV all the time uh, giving rallies, that kind of thing? Well, I think I would be giving rallies. I want to rally this country because our country has no spirit. I would certainly probably not talk as much. Look, right now I'm going, originally we had 17 people. Now we're 14 people and 13 people. A lot of people are going to be dropping out. You mean other candidates in the race? Other candidates. And so obviously I have to do a lot of talking. You know, I'm getting hit from 15 different sides. I like to defend myself, right? But no, I would be a much different person, I think, as president. But I would be very enthusiastic, like I am right now, toward the country. We need spirit. We need a cheerleader. Now, did he say I'd be, I, I wouldn't be a very different person or I would be? I, I had trouble hearing that. Let's listen to it again. Will you talk as much as a president as well, you do cut, as cut a, the candidates in the race? Other candidates. And so obviously I have to do a lot of talking. You know, I'm getting hit from 15 different sides. I like to defend myself, right? But no, I would be a much different person, I think, as president. Okay, I would be a much different person as president. Then how do we know whether or not we should vote for you? Like most of what Donald Trump says these days, that actually makes no sense at all. No, I won't be this guy. I'll be a different guy. Well, can we get a look at who you're going to be if you become president? Because isn't that the guy we're going to be voting for? That we, I would be a totally different guy as president. Now he's trying to, here's what he's trying to do, right? He's got, uh, he's got people on his side who, who agree with even his most extreme views, like shut down the country to every Muslim. There are certain, I, I talk to a lot of them every day. I get emails from them. I met a bunch of them over the uh, Christmas and New Year's break. There's certainly a lot of people who want to hear him say that, even if, even if they don't understand that it means, you know, everybody in the country is going to have to prove that they're not a Muslim. We're all going to be. We're all going to have to pass a religious test. Is that the country you want to live in? Well, that doesn't matter. No, but I think we should keep all Muslims out. Okay, so you believe that. But maybe that's not what Donald Trump is actually going to do. He's just admitted he'd be a much different person. So can we trust him? He's just admitted. No, I'm saying whatever it takes to get elected. And now what it takes to get elected is a hint that you know. Don't worry about me so much. For those of you who fear me, I'm going to be a different guy when I'm president. So there he goes. Now he's the typical politician. Moving to the center. It's actually an insane process, isn't it, that we have? He's got a new ad out. His first mainstream ad because, uh, well, he's in second place in Iowa. Not doing well against Ted Cruz. So here's his first ad. Some are calling it fear-mongering. You tell me. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. The politicians can pretend it's something else, but Donald Trump calls it radical Islamic terrorism. That's why he's calling for a temporary shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until we can figure out what's going on. That's so precise, isn't it, as a policy? Until we can figure out what's going on. That's a specific policy. That's as as specific as it gets. He'll quickly cut the head off ISIS and take their oil. 
and he'll stop illegal immigration by building a... Hey, what does that mean? Are we going to put uh, ground forces into Iraq and Syria? He won't say. He wants to be unpredictable. Well, don't we kind of need to know what that is? Well, what? he won't say. He He's wants to be unpredictable. cut the head off ISIS, okay? All on our southern border that Mexico will pay for. We will make America great again. I hope I live long enough to see a giant border wall and Mexico write the check for it. I really, I want to know how he's going to do that. How you force another country to do that. What do you, what, how do you possibly, what leverage do you have against them to make them pay for that? Well, he says, trade embargoes. That, well, he says, because we basically provide them so much money and so much business that we would cut some cut of them those off. ties if they sure. don't agree to pay for it. Sure. But that comes with consequences as well to your own economy, right? Cut ties with another country, big trading partner. It doesn't just happen and, there are no consequences to it. But I'm sure he'll explain that to us fully once we give him the job. Don't worry. Give me the job, and, and then I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. Again, not how it's supposed to work, but that's how it's working right now. Coming up next, Kyle Kondik, managing editor of Sabato's Crystal Ball, is going to analyze the situation right now. Where are we as we get down to the wire in Iowa? So I fall in love just a little, oh, little bit. KFI AM 640, Bill Carroll. Kyle Kondik is here. He is managing editor at Sabato's Crystal Ball. He and his boss are all over the big TV shows all the time now. Analyzing the election that's, uh, well, I guess, going to get real now. Iowa less than 30 days away, and uh, he analyzes all this stuff, the polls and the politics of it all. And Kyle, I feel like, I was going to say broken record, but that's an old reference, isn't it? But is there a modern equivalent to a broken record? I don't know a glitching. Uh, da- even even a even a scratched CD would be kind of an old reference <laughs> at this point, right? Yeah, it would a glitching download? Trump, Trump, it keeps repeating itself. Because I got to ask you about Donald Trump again. I mean, here we are in a new year, and Donald Trump is not going anywhere, not anytime soon. Yeah, he just rolled out his first television ad, and he claims that he is going to be spending. Uh, you know, millions of dollars to run it and other ads. Uh, I don't know if we actually know if he's started to make those formal buys or not. You know, it's one thing to say you're going to spend the money, but whether you do it or not is a different question. But, uh, you know, he, he, he put the ad out, um, and it basically is, is just sort of uh, saying the same things that he's been uh, saying in his speeches and his, in his many television appearances about uh, – you know, re- uh, re- restricting uh, immigration for Muslims, building a, ball, a-, a wall on the uh, uh, southern border with Mexico and making Mexico pay for it, and uh, those sorts of things, which uh, are familiar to a lot of people who have been following uh, the Trump campaign. But, but that's telling it. not be to all voters. So. Yeah, but that's telling in and of itself because he's really doubling down now on the things that most thought would get him in trouble. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's. He has proven to be at least a, a kind of a, a, a gaff-proof candidate, and uh, actually, you know, his, his policy proposals, you know, seem seem crazy to a lot of people, but uh, not so crazy to others. And uh, he continues to have a national polling lead, and he leads in New Hampshire too. He is not leading in Iowa. Uh, Ted Cruz seems to be leading there, uh, and one wonders what the effect of a loss in Iowa might do to Trump, uh, but. You know, he certainly hung around than, than many people thought he would six months ago. Yeah, well, you've anticipated my next question. What does it mean if he loses there? And it, 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 it looks like he probably will. 
He's well, he's going to shrug it off the way Donald does, but does it have a significant impact on his campaign? Well, you, you may remember a dozen years ago, uh, Howard Dean would look like the Democratic frontrunner maybe about this time a dozen years ago. He ended up losing Iowa, and he had already kind of been sinking before that, but he had this, that famous clip of him, you know, the Dean scream after after Iowa, and it got a lot of negative publicity. And I was just thinking about, uh, you know, what might Trump do if he loses Iowa? What, what might he say? Uh, New Hampshire is eight days after Iowa on uh, February 9th. Uh, you know, and, and, New, and, and Trump has pulled better in New Hampshire, but the thing is, is what happens in Iowa could change the polls in New Hampshire. The, the polls, uh, you know, change around quite a bit in the primary season. Yeah, I don't know that uh, Ted Cruz is, makes me that much more comfortable than Donald Trump. I mean, I think he believes a lot of the same things. He just says it in a well, different I think, way. I think that, that for for uh, what you'd consider to be establishment Republicans, basically the, the the guys on the Hill who are thinking not just about the presidential race, but also, the down ballot races. They don't want Trump to be the nominee, but they don't want Cruz to be the nominee either. Well, no one in the party uh, likes him, from what I understand. Cruz is Cruz is could be the most hated man in the U.S. Senate, uh, <laughs> and to to some, that's that's uh, that's a feature, not a bug of his candidacy, because the, you know they don't like the Republican establishment, and if Cruz isn't liked by the Republican establishment, then that's fine with them. Uh, but I do think it's hard to win a presidential nomination when you don't have many friends in your own party. And particularly then to, if you get that nomination, actually succeed in the general election. Yeah. Do you agree with what Chris Christie is saying? If we have a third-party candidacy or a brokered convention, the Republicans are done? I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, I could see a, a Trump or a Cruz nomination leading to a split in the party. Uh, now, whether that would mean the party would go away, you know, who knows? But uh, there are some pretty clear fissures right now between uh, kind of the business wing of the party and kind of the populist populist wing of the party, and there are social conservatives in there, and so it's a pretty uneasy coalition that I think would, um, you know, could 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 uh, break apart even a little bit more if you had a, a very polarizing nominee, someone who wasn't able to unify the party. You see any way Hillary Clinton is not the nominee for the Democrats? Uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I could see hypothetically how it would happen. It would basically involve her, uh, you know, getting indicted or something or having a health problem. But it would it would take some sort of external uh, event to prevent her from winning the nomination. I don't think that Bernie Sanders or, the, or Martin O'Malley can, can defeat her. Uh, in the actual primaries and caucuses. So then when you look at Trump against Hillary one-on-one, is there any way he can win that race? Uh, you, you know, I would never say never. You know, think about how much of a chameleon Trump is. Uh, and I think that if he were the Republican nominee, he would basically totally change his pitch, uh, and he would recalibrate what he was saying for the general electorate. And look, if there's, a, if there's some sort of economic crisis or something in the summer and fall of, of this year, uh, and, uh, you know, people were feeling really uneasy that the President Obama was unpopular. I mean, you could pull all these things together and you could imagine a scenario in which, uh, in which someone like Trump or, or, or Cruz uh, could actually win the election. I mean, I don't, I don't think that they would be, I think they'd be big underdogs, but I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just totally rule out the possibility of them winning. You know what's kind of insane about this whole process is that, that? Donald Trump, if he actually changes, like you know, I was just playing a soundbite of him before you came on, saying he'll be a different guy if he's president. And it, we'd probably see that different guy if he got the nomination. We'd see the different guy. All. The, the people who should most hate that are the ones who his biggest supporters 
today. But they'll wink and say, that's not the real Donald. And everyone else is going to have to believe that the, the Donald we're seeing now is not the real Donald. Well, so either way, we're, we're voting for a lie. It's, it's kind of amazing that Trump is seen as this really conservative candidate when in so many ways he isn't. I mean, he's, he's, try, he's kind of tried to criticize Ted Cruz as maybe not being sufficiently religious. or say, He said something about how the, you know, evangelical Christians welcome from Cuba or something, which is kind of offensive in and of itself. But the idea that, that, that Donald Trump is more religious than Ted Cruz is just kind of laughable. I mean, it, it's just, it's just I, I don't see how anyone could actually believe that. Uh, you know, and, and whether that whether that matters or not, I don't know. But um, I just it, it, it's it's kind of amazing uh, the level to which Trump has sort of made himself into this conservative icon, even though in many ways he's not really that conservative at all. It's kind of it's 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 almost like an identity politics thing as opposed to an actual policy thing with Trump. Thank you, Kyle. Good to catch up. Thank you, Kyle Connick, managing editor, Sabato's Crystal Ball. Virginia Institute of Politics. Uh, we have a link on our webpage if you want a link to his uh, his email updates that they do. It's, it's uh, really informative stuff. Go to KFIM640.com on the Bill Carroll page. And while you're there, you tell me, what is that in the woman's womb? What is that? Is that the devil? Is, it, is that a demon I'm seeing there? Go check for yourself. KFIM640.com, the Bill Carroll page. Coming up next, Hillary has gone in a slightly different direction in campaigning out there. She's talking about UFOs and what she'd like to do. Is she serious? That's coming up. KFI AM six forty, Bill Carroll. Gary and Shannon coming up at noon today. They're going to start a little early. So I can go home and stop coughing in your faces. Go home and cough in my family's faces. I'd like to give it back to my daughter. She gave it to me. Think you can do that? She already immune. That's too bad. I don't think you can pass it back, can no, you? No, I don't think you can. I'm hoping mine is, uh, you know, slightly changed. The DNA has changed a little bit. And so she doesn't have, she hasn't had the exact version. And I can give it back to her. Teach her a lesson. Yeah, you know what it was? It's a when good she, dad lesson, right? When she came to bed in the middle of the night and said, can I sleep with you guys? I'm really not feeling well. And climbed into bed beside us. I knew I was doomed. You let her. How do you, well, how do you say no in the middle of the night to a sick kid? You can't really do that. Plus, I'm afraid of my wife. I mean, that's really, the, <laughs> I do as I'm told. Especially in that room. Whatever, whatever I'm told to do, that's what I do. Hillary Clinton is taking a little different uh, approach in her campaign. I have to actually double check this one. It was online at the Daily Mail. I had to check to make sure that it wasn't one of those joke websites, you know, where they make up news. But no, it seems to be true. It seems that she talked to uh, the Conway Daily Sun in New Hampshire. And she's made some promises. When she becomes president, can we leave it at if for now? If she becomes president, she's going to check into Area 51. Which you don't have to be one of those people who reads about UFOs all the time to know what Area 51 is, right? A top secret U.S. Air Base, that some say there's been an alien ship there. We've been dissecting aliens and breaking apart their ship and trying to imitate their technology and all that kind of stuff. She wants to know what's going on inside Area 51. Couldn't she just ask Bill? 
He can't tell her. He'd be the He's president. Got the president's, uh, you know, confidentiality thing. No, unless on. he had sex in Area 51, he tells her everything. <laughs> unless he had sex with an alien, Hillary would be the first one he'd tell. I think all of that just is absolute nonsense. I mean, anything is possible, right? It's a crazy universe we live in. But a lot of people who are much smarter than me sign to say, you know, the distances you'd have to travel, the technology is probably never going to be available. And with the age of the universe, it's probably, you know, probably no one else has been around long enough to overcome all of it. For me, it's this simple. If you can travel the time and space to get here, you probably don't need flashing lights on your UFO in order not to be hit by an airplane. So you'd be like a... I don't think you'd need to be in a little flying disc. I think you'd have technology that was better than that. Right, you'd have a cloaking device like the Klingons. Yeah, and if you crashed in the desert, you probably have a way to get that uh, crash site cleaned up before. I just don't think we'd ever see you if they didn't want. They won't. If they don't want to be seen, they're not going to be seen because they can come this far. They don't need spotlights on their UFOs. Why? Why would they? Why would they do that? Why would they? And you notice the number of UFO sightings have gone way down since everybody got a camera in their hand through our phones. We can all videotape. Now you just don't you don't hear about it as much as you used to. Anyway, but I got to tell you, even with all of that being true, if I became the president, first place I'd go, Area 51. Right after I'm sworn in, get me on a plane. Well, you even know which plane you're going to be on. Air Force One, we're going to Area 51. I want to check it out right now. No, she did actually say that, but I think she kind of had her tongue a little bit in her cheek. She was making a joke? Well, with Hillary, it's hard to tell. She doesn't have a great sense of humor. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed that. But they have this crackpot from the Obama camp who's running their campaign. And he is a believer in this stuff. In fact, he said it's his biggest regret while he's working for the president that he didn't open up the Area 51 files and find out more about UFOs. So I guess maybe it's possible she buys into this stuff. Couldn't tell you. But that's one of the things she's going to do. And and then she stunned reporters by saying that she thinks it's possible that at some time in the future we could be visited by extraterrestrial life. She even said, I think we may have been visited already. (laughs) That's going to keep the overnight talk shows going for months. So that's what she's going to do if she's elected. You know what she's she's doing? If you were running for president, why would you alienate? I think the last time I saw the numbers, it's something like 20% of Americans, maybe it was even a little more than that, actually believe we may have been visited by aliens and the government's keeping it a secret. Why would you alienate those people? You just kind of, you say it with a half smile on your face and the people who think that's crazy talk, they think you're joking. Like I think she's joking. But the ones who believe it, they go, ah, she's one of us. She is trying to steal some conspiracy theorists from Donald Trump. If it comes down to a race between those two, she knows there's it's a gold mine. And she's got to be ready to dig that mine. She's got to mine that vein and get whatever conspiracy theorists on board she can possibly get. And that's what she's got to be doing. And uh, to prove it, this newspaper report goes on to say that uh, not just about her campaign manager I mentioned. His name is what? John Podesta, I think is the guy's name. Anyway, he's really into UFO lore. But uh, she said she she's talked to him about it. And so, you know, he's she kind of become interested. And more importantly... She knows that he watches an FX sci-fi show. That was her. I know he watches a sci-fi show on FX. So this is who's advising someone who could become the president of the United States. I don't know which one. She didn't say, didn't dig deep enough. I think once you've you've already gotten, you've mined the crazy out, 
<laughs> there's no need to dig much deeper. Well, she said something on Kimmel, too, about a week ago as well, about UFOs. So, so she's serious about this UFO thing. Well, now she's going to be asked about it everywhere she goes. And that's now it's going to become a campaign issue for her. I don't know if you were her, though. It'd be better to look a little crazy on UFOs than to have to talk about your emails. Right? Uh, it's, a, it's a diversion tactic. That's a very good one. Maybe the aliens helped her wipe out the hard drive. Didn't do a very good job because they uncovered a lot. All right, coming up next. You ever had your uh, bank card compromised? And sometimes you can even figure out who did it. And it feels like the banks don't want to do anything about it. They just give you your money back and tell you to just sign this form and go away. Excuse me. A couple of little coughs there. I'm good. I think I might made the right decision having Gary and Shannon start a bit early. Mm-hmm. Anyway. This woman, it says in the article in Victoriaville, California. I think they meant Victorville. Because I tried to look up a Victoriaville in California. I couldn't find one. And I've been to Victorville, so I know that exists. Anyway, this California woman, she's gone viral because she figured out, she believes, who stole her money, and she went to confront them at a drive-thru. I'm going to let you hear that coming up. I never fall in love with AM 640, Bill Carroll. This was billed as a shocking moment when a California woman confronts a Starbucks drive through cashier. I didn't find it shocking, but I did. I kind of enjoyed it. I'd like to do it. Juana Martinez is the woman's name. It says here uh, she's from Victoriaville. It's got to be Victorville, right? And this happened in uh, Lakewood. California, and she drove up to the uh, the drive through window to confront this Starbucks employee because she believed that the woman copied her credit card information and used it to go to Ralph's and uh, drop two hundred bucks. So what you're going to hear is her in the car with her brother and her really annoying kids. It sounds like in the back seat too. That's the only the only reason I even thought twice about playing this for you because it's great sound, but the annoying kids like. Ugh. Uh, could you confront them without the kids in the car? Anyway, you hear them talking at first, as uh, and he's holding the camera as they drive up to the drive-thru. And then they talk to this 19-year-old cashier who, uh, well, initially kind of admits it all and then tries to backtrack a little bit. Let's listen to this. So what's going on, honey? Stop it. We're going to get even. That's what we're going to do. What are you gonna say? I'm gonna be like, I hope them two hundred twelve dollars were worth it of groceries yesterday, I'm like, because I filed a police report. No, no, your corporate knows already about it. Is she looking over here? Yeah. Okay, you need to stop it there. I just figured out the kids. I figured out the kids because she wants them to feel guilty that they stole from her children. And did you hear one of the kids even say? You stole from us in the background, a little kid's voice. Yeah, but That's I mean, what hearing it is. the kids are a prop. The mom saying, you know, the f bomb in front of her little kids. You know what? I'm losing sympathy. Don't for get her. all judgmental now. The kids are too young; they're not going to remember the f bomb. Okay, here we go. You're like she don't give a. F-. She don't think we know. That's why. No. Good. How are you doing? Fried. 
So we got you on camera yesterday at Ralph's for $212. So just know that the cops are coming up here. They recorded your everything. You took a copy of my car the other day on New Year's Day. You know what you did. Right, you know what you did, right? I'm so sorry, man. You're sorry about what? That you went to Ralph's? You took a copy of my card here while you said you were gonna go get receipt paper. And they got your camera yesterday. So, uh, do you know what you did, right? She wants Before a full confession. charges and everything on you. So, what are you sorry about? That you took money from me and my kids? What are you sorry about? I'm sorry that I took money from you and your kids. I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you had to come up here. I'm sorry that this is inconvenient for you. I'm sorry you're sorry that, that you're about to lose your job? Inconvenient. Corporate knows? Is that what you're sorry about, too? I'm so sorry. All right, let's go. I'm so sorry. I am a good child. I swear. I'm really you're a good, good. child. Uh -huh. I really do go mm -hmm. to school. I'm 19. I play soccer. So, why the how would you even make a copy of my card? I knew you took a minute. You went back there for a minute, and I knew what I the hell you copy, were doing. You I took, took a picture, or I don't know what you did. She admitted. She said, I took the number. She wrote the and number you down. obviously thought I wasn't going to come back here, and we, uh, you thought I wasn't even going to get to the bottom of it. I'm so sorry. I, I am seriously going to press charges on you. I'm good. No, I honestly, the mo the, I'm getting the money from the bank anyways. I'm getting the money from the bank. You didn't get it what the, it went through the 212. You come to Starbucks to get coffee, not to get robbed. Now she's backing off. Well, I wrote down your credit card number, but I swear I didn't get the money. It didn't go through. Okay, you're a little bit right about the language in front of the kids in the back seat. They're not. Uh, she's not the mother of the year. I, I probably don't want her babysitting my kids, but that, God, that must have felt good. I love that the 19-year-old tries to pay, play the, I'm a good girl. I play soccer. I go to school and I play soccer. What do you think is going to happen at that point? Oh, well, all's forgiven. If you you, you play soccer at school, oh, keep the money. I just discovered I something it up. just like that. You know, Because I don't look at my card, my statements a lot, especially over the little things. And I happened to look into the year. And somebody was had found, I don't know how they got the number, but they were shopping it. Little things, little things, so I wouldn't really notice it. Gas station, pizza, sushi, all within my neighborhood range. That's a great sushi place near you, by the way. Thank you. Rockin' Sushi. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that. I really enjoyed the sushi. <laughs> Knew it was you. I didn't want to tip you off with a big number. <laughs> but that's how they do it. You oh, know, yeah. They get little bits, so you're not really, you know, you're not noticing it. And who keeps that close track? Not well, that many I, Nobody. People. Most my of us bank don't. does. Because I will tell you, yesterday I was out doing errands and I had little charges, $22, $17. I had four different charges within about 24 hours. And the bank sent me texts, called me, and sent an email saying, hey, can you verify that you did these charges? I was like, that's kind of random. Every that time my son buys something online for his PlayStation or whatever it is, every single time they put a hold on my card and they call. And every time I tell them, from time to time, because he checks with me first, there'll be like a $12 charge on that card. Could you let it go? <laughs> St don't Every time. And it always says the same thing. You get this email that says, we've detected unusual activity on your credit card. Unusual activity is using it to buy something. That's what is unusual activity now. That's how they measure it. Yeah, will you? Yes. I used my credit card. Should I just not use it at all? And it's a pain because you got to wait on hold. And then they call you, and then they make you identify yourself. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, this is my idea of fraud. I've been waiting around my whole life for somebody to call me. 
get the wrong number, and then I'm going to say, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't use those. What, what was my credit card number again? How, how can I defraud you when you called me? I don't have access to money. That does, it makes no sense. But you're right. If they see unusual activity, and you know what they really tips them off is a lot of the stuff that goes on overseas, like in Russia, where they steal your identity, they'll do a $1 attempt to see if the, the account is still available. And then they go the second time, they go for more. You think they'd figure out now the dollar thing is the tip off and go for twenty five dollars? You know, maybe that's what triggered it because I did a donation over the weekend and there was a, like a dollar surcharge. Oh yeah, dollar, dollar uh-huh. gets you every time. You cannot spend a dollar, no chance. All right, I'm <clears throat> for reasons that just became obvious. There, I'm going to go home and go back under a blanket and get rid of the rest of this cold. And Gary and Shannon are going to come in early. They're going to start at noon. Coming right up. I'm Bill Carroll, KFI AM six forty.